This podcast is brought to you by the Access Group. Welcome to the Legal Minds podcast, a monthly look at all things legal and technology where Paul and I uh, attempt to tackle the big issues in legal, uh, along with experts who we fondly refer to as the real legal minds, and discover insights that... Say that, mate. (laughs) We definitely need the experts. We definitely need need them to help us discover insights that uh, might help uh, podcast land deliver legal excellence. We can but hope. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, you started talking before I introduced you. Oh, I did, didn't I? Oh, you did. okay. What? <laughs> I'm going to forgive you this time, uh, but uh, why don't you uh, why don't you spend a time why don't you spend a minute introducing yourself to to the podcast? Indeed. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I am Paul Wynn. Um, got a bit of a background, I'd like to think, in the legal profession. So, 13 years as a as a legal cashier for five different law firms, each varying in sizes and specialities of law. So I've seen quite a bit from the legal side, which I like to bring into what I do now because I now work for the Access Group, um, demonstrating the software and all that stuff. But we're not here to get into that. It's more the legal side. Okay, I've got a bit of experience, but I'm hoping that with these conversations that we're going to have, actually, I'm going to pick up a little bit more because it's all interesting stuff that we've got to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, we've mapped out quite a few topics that we think um, uh, that we think will will a resonate with uh, the, the folk listening to this, but also actually we're going to pick up quite a bit in the in the in the run as well. Um, yeah, yeah I, well, I've, 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 go on. I was just to say I've introduced myself, mate. Now over to you. Who are you? Oh, no, what do you do? So my name is Marcus Dakem. Uh, I have been working with technology service providers across a couple of industries uh, for about twenty years, which makes me old and crumbly. You don't um, like it. Thanks. I have a face for radio and podcasts, I was told the other day. So. <laughs> I neither confirm nor deny, but uh, I love you. <laughs> and, and I too, but only, and there's only one reason uh, for my man crush on you, Paul, and that's because you come from Devon, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Always got a soft spot for there where we uh, we do our crumpets, our crumpets, our scones the right <laughs> way. I'm not going to get into it, but it's just, you know, we do it right. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's get ourselves back on track with some of the topics we want to cover over this Legal season. stuff, not baked goods, legal stuff. Not yes. baked goods, absolutely. And you were thinking of scones and uh, you were thinking cream first and jam on top. But, but I'm going to leave it there and we're going to move on. We're going to move on. to win friends on this podcast. <laughs> over, the next, uh, over the next few months and on a monthly basis, we want to talk about cybersecurity. Uh, that's a big topic that obviously and has uh, has a lot of impact, not just in terms of uh, protecting the data within uh, the legal firm, but also when we start thinking about AI, which is another topic that we're going to come on to mm-hmm. um, fairly shortly. Uh, we want to talk about the value of training. Um, uh, and my favorite quote on that is um, uh, the chief finance officer saying, uh, how can we afford to train this person? And the chief exec saying, well, how can we afford to keep them? How can we afford to keep them if we if we don't train them? Which I mm-hmm. kind of love. We're going to have some fun exploring that. Uh, paper to pixel is another one that um, that's come up from uh, our conversations with customers. How we go paper free or paper light? Yeah, paperless, paper light. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, everyone should really be thinking about going paperless with the old environment and everything. And yeah, David Attenborough, who doesn't love him, and 
it make him a happy person and I want to make David Amber a happy person at the end of the day. That's good insight. Thanks, Paul. I don't know what to do with that piece of information. <laughs> Uh, uh, we're also uh, because again some of the uh, some of the feedback we've had from customers into the market. Uh, one of the hot topics at the moment is around um, the legal firm culture, uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, recruitment and retention of uh, of critical and key staff. So so lots for us to go at over the next uh, next ten eleven months uh, on this on the series of podcasts. In it for the um, long haul. Yeah, absolutely right, uh, and uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be releasing these monthly. Um, in this episode, uh, we thought we'd kick the series off with a look at something a bit deeper than just what's the best technology or software to use. And I know that um, I know that this has been in the news recently. Um, a, a number of, in fact, uh, as recently as a couple of days ago, there were some updates in the news about reputation management. So. Um, uh, my flippant question to you, Paul, is um, reputation management. We agreed that we talk about this, but surely it's as simple as just don't do anything wrong, right? Well, I mean, yeah, there is that. But it's the fact that your reputation actually means quite a lot to not just the individual lawyer itself, but to the firm that they're working for as a whole, doesn't it? That reputation, I see kind of the legal profession almost like high school, essentially. Everyone knows each other it's a lot of a smaller world than a lot of people give it credit for okay a lawyer gets a bad reputation that's just going to follow him around like a bad smell and it has a massive imp uh, impact um uh, on uh, attracting clients uh, the ability to practice yeah uh, we did we did dig out a, um, a bit of research that access legal had done recently which is of the people that we uh, that we asked i don't have the number that we asked but uh, whilst the SRA published principles in their code of contact to do with reputation management, 45% of respondents said they did not have a reputation management strategy and a further 33, not sure whether they did or they didn't. So, yeah, so there's mental, a gap there. Really, isn't it? Like, kind of think about, obviously, you've announced that I'm from Devon now, but yeah, a small this town be a recurring in Devon. Theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the small town that I was in, there was actually there was a couple of law firms that were there, but it was very much a case of it was word of mouth in that town as to which solicitor you would use. And you know, if one of them then gets a start, starts getting a bit of a bad reputation, that can be a killer yeah. for them in such a small, tight knit environment. But it's not only in those small communities, it can be in the wider scale of things as well. In a close community, which we which we know the legal industry is. Indeed, indeed. All right, so it strikes me that neither you nor I know that much about reputation management. I mean, yeah, now might be a time to bring in the expert to just squash everything that we've just been talking about. <laughs> so uh, it's my absolute pleasure to introduce Brian Rogers, our Director of Legal Compliance here at Access Legal, uh, to talk through what is quite a fiendishly tricky subject and give us the benefit of his legal mind. Ah, uh, uh, I see what you did there. I see that. I see it. Yeah, very good. Brian, hello, Brian. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. We're good. all right. Brian, I have been looking at your CV, um, and it's um, and it's pretty spectacular. I'm, I'm, if you'll, I'll spare your blushes to a degree, but not that much. You're a member of the Association of Regulatory and Disciplinary Lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you served as practice manager, operations director, and partner at four law firms before creating uh, the Reliance Risk and Compliance System, which was purchased by Access about four years ago. Yeah. You were the chairman, uh, chairman, I'm sorry, of the Regulatory Affairs Committee of the Manchester Law Society, finalist for Business Leader of the Year, 
uh, in the X Forces in Business Awards in 2021, um, Innovation Through Technology Award winner for the British Chamber of Commerce in 2008. And my absolute favourite is fresh from delivering a webinar on reputation management last week. Um, you got fan mail that included something along the lines of these webinars are an essential part of my CPD and not to be missed. None of that I've made up. That's all uh, factually correct, isn't it? it? It is indeed. It is indeed. And the grey hair comes with it. <laughs> yeah. But it's fair to say experience. Absolutely. It's fair to say, Brian, that we can absolutely consider you a legal mind when it comes to uh, compliance uh, regulation and, and specifically reputation management. So I'm going to pose the same question to you that I did to Paul just now, which is what's all the fuss about? Surely it's just a case of keeping your nose clean, isn't it? If only it was that easy. It, you know, people do tend to think it's that easy, but actually it isn't. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to give you a couple of cases here where solicitors have got it wrong okay. and seriously wrong. Um, we all know, or I'm sure most people know, J.K. Rowling wrote a lot of books. Um, okay, well, yeah. she she wanted to try and basically see how a book she wrote, but without her name on it, went down. Um, and so she basically came up with this pseudonym. She wrote the book. Um, she had spoke to her lawyer. Uh, and so her lawyer was aware of this little secret. He then told his wife. Oh, no. His, his wife then told <laughs> a friend who just happened to be a journalist. Oh, here we go. And, oh, as, you can, and as you can imagine, it all then came out. Um that particular lawyer, obviously, his reputation was trashed right. um, and he was fined by the regulator, the Solicitor's Regulation Authority. So he didn't do very well. There was another one, um, and this is a big one for those who use social media. This was a lawyer who worked for local councils in relation to uh, children who had special educational needs. And a lot of the parents who was sort of on the other side from the local authorities uh, didn't like the fact that the local authorities weren't giving them what they wanted. Well, this particular lawyer apparently uh, decided to have a few too many on a Sunday afternoon while having a barbecue um, <laughs> and decided he was going to let forth on social media and have a go at all these parents. Um, well, he ended up on the front pages of some of the newspapers the following day. Right. He lost all his local council clients and he was rebuked by the SRA. So, you know, it, it's it's not good if you do it. One of the key things that we've got going on at the moment, which really does bring things sort of to the, to the fore, we've got the post office scandal. Yeah. This is where 800 innocent postmasters were prosecuted, some were imprisoned, some killed themselves as a consequence. Um, and we are just hearing the public inquiry uh, listening to evidence from the lawyers involved. Mm -hmm. And I have to say to date, the impression of the lawyer of lawyers is not very good as a consequence. And for the next, I think it was three months, I, I did a blog on LinkedIn earlier on um, and uh, the 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 number of lawyers that are going to be appearing over the next three months who worked for the post office. Right. Um, and, and who are the ones that everybody's 
pointing the fingers at to say you got it wrong. You know, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. You know, they're all going to come under the microscope. And of course, it's not just going to be those individual lawyers who lose their reputation. It's going to be the profession that's going to lose its reputation. So it goes a lot wider than just individual lawyers and firms. Yeah, yeah. But there's, you know, there's, there's so many examples that I could give. There's, uh, there's a website. Uh, sorry, there's a page on um, Facebook, which is called "When Conveyancing Goes Rogue," uh, and that is about conveyancing <laughs> solicitors and and uh, other lawyers um, doing the wrong thing. So you can see how people will take to social media to yeah. try and get their points across. You know, lawyers amongst you will um, be aware that you have to have a complaints process. But actually, if you don't handle that properly uh, and, you know, treat people with empathy, with respect and things like that and apologize where it's appropriate, people won't necessarily go running off to the legal ombudsman, who is the next sort of level up. They'll right. go to social media. Yeah, that's uh, and that's the question I was going to ask you a couple of times in both of those examples with the, the, the I remember reading about that JK Rowling thing, but that that was uh, and obviously the news of the post office uh, piece is is very, very relevant today uh, and still still going strong. Now, in both of those cases, you not only talked about the SRA, uh, but but also almost in the same breath talked about social media. And that's the case, isn't it? One of the one of those is a very uh, regulated formula formulaic. I don't mean that negatively, but, it, you know, there are a there's a set process to it. Yeah. And then there's social media where, yep. you know, an awful lot of that damage. Can we can we cycle back to the SRA uh, in terms of you know, the guidelines potentially that how is reputation management handled from an SRA perspective? And then once we've gone through that, I really want to come back to the social media piece. Yeah, no problem. Well, there is nothing in the code of conduct that says you have to look after your reputation. But what there is, and, and it's a core principle, so it is it's basically top of the tree in terms of how you should behave. It says you act in a way that upholds public trust and confidence in the solicitor's profession and in legal services provided by the authorised persons. So you can clearly see there that there is a wider context to reputation management. And I suspect if the regulator was going to come after a firm, um, and I suspect we may see this with some of the lawyers in the post office scandal, they're likely to go for that, that particular principle. But within the other within the codes of conduct themselves, and we've got one for the solicitors as individuals, and we've got one for the the firms themselves, i.e., the managers of firms. It talks about you ensure that any publicity in relation to your practice is accurate and not misleading, including that relating to charges and circumstances in which interest is payable by or to clients. So again, there's a hook in there in terms of your publicity. Um, and then you've got you identify, monitor and manage all material risks to your business, including those which may arise from your connected practices. So, of course, when you look at your reputation, if you lose your reputation, there's a massive risk there because mm. what you could end up doing is losing your clients, not being able to get new clients and losing staff as well. Uh, and again, bringing the wider profession into into disrepute. So. I think one of the issues that we have with lawyers, solicitors in particular, 
is unless it says don't ruin your reputation right they're not they're not quite sure how to read some of these things so i think it was key to just point out you need to be looking at these and sort of in between the lines yeah absolutely uh, and and we talked about social media it's a massive echo chamber right so it, it's one of these that paul mentioned earlier about you know a closed community but of course when you've got that closed community and then you've got the echo chamber of um you know of a social media platform facebook twitter or x or nothing whatever. travels faster than gossip and you know bad yeah. reputation is some of the best gossip that you'll come across to be fair absolutely as so soon as something happens that's that's a widespread across yeah. yeah, and there's an old marketing cliche that says there's no such thing as bad publicity, but I think we, we can all agree on this particular <laughs> conversation that that's, that's just not the case. Social media can be a, a law firm's worst enemy. Um, Brian, what if, if it's not in the SRA, what are the rules of engagement? How do we set about the, the rules of reputation management in a way that, that we can, you know, we can sort of... Uh, apply and, and, and monitor on a, on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, well, certainly as part of a strategy, we should have uh, a reputation management set of rules. Uh, and I won't go through all of them, but I'll pick out some of them. I think I've, I've got 12 here. Um, but always monitor your online presence. And that isn't just looking at, has somebody said something wrong about me or right about me that I need to be aware of? It's also monitoring what your staff say on social media. Right. So you should have a social media policy which all your staff read um, and they should be complying with that. Uh, and we have seen cases in the past where solicitors, sorry, um, law firm employees and solicitors have put the fact that they work for a particular law firm in their profile. That immediately points a link to the law firm. And so if you want to check on people not doing the right thing in terms of your social media policy, well, one way of doing it is to monitor your online presence. You know, Google your firm's name, but don't look at the first three or four pages. Go further back because that's where you tend to start to find. Uh, and, and I had a situation when I was in practice where our receptionist decided that she was going to put a comment on there. Um, right. And she was basically saying, oh, being a receptionist is like um, working, you know, like being Ali McBeal, I think it was at the time. Um, and so I said That's to her, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it, it, exactly. I mean, it's a long time I've been out of practice, but um, yeah, but that was that was an example where she breached the, the, the policy. So, you know, do that as well. Respond to feedback promptly. So again, we're all sort of getting into using Facebook. We're used to getting uh, involved with comparison websites, review sites, and all these sorts of things. Well, if somebody leaves a dodgy message, then we should be going to them and saying, well, you know, we'd like to pick this up with you offline. Don't do anything online. Take it offline, put them through the complaints procedure, and, you know, go, go from there. But act promptly. Don't leave right. this sort of sitting around. This is it. It's kind of like on that point because you can see can't you like you have a bad experience with a law firm you jump straight on their facebook page or on twitter feed or whatever and slate them and obviously then the temptation from whoever that's directed at is to come back straight away to say oh no you're wrong because of this 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 that's that's not the best approach is it like it is to no. actually take that offline to and but registering on there that look, we've seen this and we're doing something about it effectively yeah yeah. Any feedback is good feedback. 
because you're getting intelligence about your your service. You're also being given the opportunity to review perhaps some of the things that aren't going as right as you you would want them to. So there's some positives to you know to that. You know, being transparent and honest. Well, you know, that's all part of acting with integrity, which is another core principle of the SRA. So, you know, there's lots and lots of things. I mean, there's one here, encourage positive reviews. So this is for people who are using um, comparison websites, review websites. And I did a blog not so long ago on LinkedIn where I picked up the fact that there are companies out there who will use AI, artificial intelligence, to basically get rid of bad reviews. You know, one of the one of the questions I've posed is, well, if you can manipulate bad reviews and everything is great, what's the point of review sites? Because in effect, everybody's going to be the same. Yeah, it doesn't but you uh, can... oh, it's just, that doesn't sound particularly authentic or transparent, does it? Well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I would certainly recommend people not getting involved in those sorts of those sorts of things. But having rules is is really really important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And. Uh, uh, another, I mean, there are agencies that can help. There, there are professional organisations that will be able to work with uh, uh, with law firms that either um, are facing some sort of crisis or, or or want to sort of get in front of this and anticipate how they would react in in, team, in times of uh, in times of crisis in this way. Absolutely, and this is not something that you should be doing once the horse has bolted. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a strategy in place. You know, you, you can't preempt every single problem, but potentially you can preempt. We might get a complaint at some point. Well, how do we react to it? We might have a member of staff saying the wrong thing on social media. How do we react to it? Right. So having that is it's like a business continuity plan. If you get knocked out for a fu- from a fire or something like this, you know, you hope it's never going to happen. But if it does, you are at least prepared for it. Yeah. You know, so it's it's it's. It's important stuff. This, and and you go through uh, you go through your rules for reputation management uh, in in the webinar that you recorded uh, and was and was uh, was out last week on the on the twenty first. Yeah, but if anybody wants to have you know copies of the rules, just let us know and I'll be pleased to you know to send them a free copy. Perfect, uh, and and they can get hold of that. That webinar is available on demand as well from the Access uh, website. So so anyone it can is. go on, and 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 I would I would urge everybody to do that. Just just in terms of um, uh, just getting a handle with the the rules that you've gone through, Brian, in terms of uh, the sort of the core principles. And I know you talked about the SRA core principles, but this is the application then in in through the lens of reputation management and and how to um, how to counter it before it becomes a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I I try to instill with firms is, look, yes, you have a regulator. Yes, you have um, rules and regulations, but actually as a business, you should you have, you know, you have a commercial need to get it right. Right. You also have professional indemnity insurers to look after. So, yes, keep an eye on what the regulations are and things like that, but actually let's get this into pra- into a practical perspective. This is your business. You kill your business, that's the end of it. Exactly. You, you can't get insurance. Again, that's the end of it because you can't trade without insurance. So, you know, let's stop looking just at the tick box regulatory stuff. Let's look at the business stuff. Brilliant. I've always found that the legal profession – yeah, they're a very proud profession. You know, every they get into it because they're passionate 
about it and passionate about the clients that they're dealing with, the businesses that they're dealing with. And so why wouldn't you? That's my thought is like, this is something that can be prevented or you can put things in place. So why not absolutely. do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could talk about this, uh, and I'm sure Paul, you feel the same. We could talk about this for mm. for a long time. And Brian, the wealth of knowledge that you bring to these conversations uh, is for uh, is phenomenal. I'm going to staple your feet to the floor, though, and ask you for three key takeaways. Um, if if nothing else, uh, over the last sort of 20 25 minutes of conversation, um, what would be your three uh, three key takeaways for anybody listening to this right now? Follow the rules. So follow the reputation management rules as well as the SRA's rules, but the reputation management rules in this particular case have a crisis management plan. Now, that can be part of your reputation management plan, but, you know, be prepared for a crisis and handle media inquiries appropriately. Again, we need to understand who our clients are. And again, when I was in practice, we used to act for footballers and, and people like that. So that was an that was an immediate red flag for us in terms of if one of our football high profile football clients gets themselves in difficulty, we could have the media come knocking on the door. Well, what does the receptionist say? Do they say no comment? I can't talk to you. No comment is the worst thing you can do with the media. The best thing to do is to say, I'll get somebody to, to give you a call uh, and they can explain the situation to you. But you need to make sure you actually get back to them. Right. Don't leave them hanging. Otherwise, I'll turn around and say such and such a firm didn't get back to us. Right. And that and that also covers social media uh, interactions in the way that we've just talked about. So when you have something negative uh, come up, um, uh, that, that that's dealt with in, in the same sort of appropriate manager. And people should be trained uh, with awareness on how to deal with that, right, rather than just a knee jerk, ego driven reaction. Uh, hence, your sort of drunk lawyer on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> It, that's an appalling story. I mean, we laugh, but honestly, that's, it is terrible. That's 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 yeah. Awful. And and this is the problem. People people sort of forget their profession professionalism. Yeah. Right. Um. And 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 it gets them into deep trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Brian, we're out of time, which is a crying shame because uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to spend with us uh, today, uh, Paul. I know. Um, you were um, uh, <laughs> you were giggling along uh, with that, but but stacks of really useful stuff coming out of that, right? Oh yeah, no, uh, hundreds. If it's only just the fact that alcohol and social media don't mix, and I mean, who'd who'd have thought it? But oh, hey, absolutely, hey. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm old enough that I got all my stupid stuff out of the way before social media was invented, right? So that's a big plus from my perspective. Yeah, Brian, I'm so thank lucky. you. Don't Google me, whatever you <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate Thanks, guys. it. Yeah, nice one. Cheers, Brian. Good Cheers. man. Good man. Paul, that's the end of our first episode. Not bad so far. Ah, that blew by as well, didn't it? Was, it really yeah, did. Really fun. It really did. <laughs> what are we talking about on the next uh, the next edition? So I believe the next one is uh, cybersecurity, isn't it? It it's is. Legal profession. So hot topic as if it's ever going to cool down, to be fair. But um, yeah, really looking forward to that. That's going to be next month. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolute pleasure to have your company today. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thank you, Marcus. And thanks once again to Brian. Uh, cheers, Pod. We'll, uh, we'll see you again next month. Indeed. Legal Minds Part 2.